Hello and welcome back to Basic Bible 102. I'm Margie Smith and today we are going to be covering Lesson 9 in the series on the New Testament, The Life of Christ. Today's lesson is covering unmerited grace. And grace is a big deal in all the things that Jesus talks about. But particularly today, we're going to look at how he gives examples of what grace looks like. All right. In your reading, and I didn't give you this passage in the last uh, podcast, and I should have. Um, but this, I'm going to start in John 8, and I will read it to you since I didn't give it to you to read. Um, it's the first part of John 8, and this is going to start down in about verse 3. What's happened is that Jesus has gone up to the Mount of Olives and prayed and then come back down, and he's teaching again in the temple. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before a group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law of Moses, we're commanded to stone this woman. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, If any of one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who had heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left. With the woman still standing there, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. All right, so we see that the teachers and Pharisees once again are trying to trick Jesus any way they can. And they think because Jesus preaches a, a message of forgiveness, that he is going to forgive this woman. And then they'll have something to say. See, you're not following the law of Moses. And instead, he turns it on them and said, well, if you're without sin, you can cast the first stone. Now, we've heard that phrase probably sometime in your life. Someone has said, you know, who are you to throw stones or however they might say it. And this is the perfect example. All right, well, I'm going to put that aside for a minute. We're going to look at a few other passages, and then we're going to come back to this. Because Jesus, uh, later on, is at the home of a Pharisee. And I think it's this woman that comes back and begins to anoint Jesus with perfume, and, and we'll see here in a minute. And uh, But I, there's no guarantee of that. It's just this is the example that's kind of shown in Scripture about a woman who was caught in adultery and forgiven. Okay, a common theme that we've talked about is that you can't be good enough to get into heaven. And this is a good uh, passage that reinforces that. This is in Luke 13. Now, there were some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate has mixed with sacrifices. All right, I don't know the story of the Galileans, but apparently they were slaughtered and the Jews were kind of using that as an example that, well, see those filthy Galileans, those Gentiles, they got what they deserved. So Jesus answers, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think 
They were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you too will perish. Then he told them a parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I have been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year. I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then I'll cut it down. This is Jesus talking about the consequence of not believing in him. And in this case, he's coming to tell people the truth. And then he um, shows them that, you know, if you don't act on what you're, you're learning and what you know about the Son of God, then you are not going, you're going to perish. All right, so, and we see that Jesus doesn't consider some people more worthy than others of heaven. He, he basically says, um, you know, we're all sinners. All right, there's another passage, it's just uh, a few pages over in Luke 16, and we're going to start down in verse 19. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the baker died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Now, we don't know where Abraham's side is. It, um, the Jews believed that there's a place you go um, after you die. And it was Abraham's bosom or Abraham's side. Okay, the rich man also died and was buried. In hell, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with, with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tongue of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. All right, once again, we're seeing this lake of fire. This rich man has gone to hell. Uh, he's asking, requesting of Abraham to let Lazarus come over and just give him a little bit of water. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. And besides all this, between you, us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warm them, so they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone uh, from the dead goes to them, they will repent. He said to them, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. So we see the example of some people will not believe, no matter what proof you, you give them. Some people are convinced that Jesus was not the Son of God. And yet, it isn't as though they weren't warned. All right, one more passage. Turn back to Luke 7. And this is... a kind of relates back to the story of the woman caught in adultery. Uh, starting in verse, verse 36. Now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. 
So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table, when a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume, and as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began uh, to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair and kissed them and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them loved him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who was the bigger, who had the bigger debt canceled. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I have entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head. But she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. For she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this that even forgives sin? This is one of the things that got Jesus in trouble, because he said that he could forgive sin. And the Pharisees and teachers of the law knew that only God could forgive sin. And since they didn't believe Jesus was God, they uh, began to say he's a blasphemer. Okay, so, uh, and Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace. So Jesus is providing unmerited grace to some people who have lived a really rough life. And the Pharisees, who've tried to live under the law of Moses and live a good life, he is saying, you know, the reason you're not getting this is because you don't think you're guilty, but you are. Now let's look at how Jesus showed that he would have come to the earth for even just one person to save them. And yet, uh, because he loves us and each one of us are important to him. And yet that's not something that the Pharisees can even begin to grasp. Uh, turn to Luke 15. And once again, we're going to skip down to verse 3. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds him? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over the one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Now, I don't think Jesus is saying they don't need to repent here. I'm saying, I think, what I believe is, he's telling them who thinks they don't need to repent. All right, continuing on here. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my last coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God 
over one sinner who repents. Again, we see Jesus willing to leave heaven and and come and uh, for us, die for our sins, and that at any time someone accepts Jesus, there is great rejoicing in heaven. Okay, one more parable here, and this one is about the prodigal son. Uh, in Basic Bible 101, we covered a little bit about the prodigal son, but we're going to revisit it here just uh, momentarily. And I believe this should have been part of your homework, so I'm not going to cover it very in very much detail in the podcast. But basically what's happening here in Luke 15 is that a young man decides that he is tired of waiting for his dad to die, and he wants his inheritance now, and he wants to go have fun. And so he talks to his dad, and his dad finally says, okay, I'll give you your inheritance now. And so he goes, and he basically squanders it all, and ends up in a pig pen, and eating the slop from the pigs, because he just really has no money. And so finally he just comes to his senses and decides, you know, I need to go back to my father's house because even if he puts me to work as a, you know, field hand or or working on the farm, at least I'll be fed and I'll have a place to stay. So the fa- what is the father's response to his son? He meets his son while his, fa- while his son is still on the road, embraces him quickly and forgives him and throws him a welcome home party. Now, the other part of this story is that the young man's brother has stayed and been very faithful to the father and uh, day in and day out. And so the, the fa- he comes to the father and, say, and says, really, you're having this party for him? You're killing the fatted lamb? And, and yet, really, he was the wayward one. You know, it's a typical sibling jealous, jealousy. And so uh, the father basically says, hey, you've been with me all along. You've enjoyed all of this. And it's not, it's no skin off your nose that I am blessing him uh, by welcoming him him home. Um, So just as with the woman who poured perfume on Jesus' feet, the wayward son knew he did not deserve his father's forgiveness. But he humbly offers to work as a hired hand because he's so disgraced. And yet the older brother is still uh, just, just jealous, just doesn't understand why dad would forgive him. And I think that's part of what's going on with the Pharisees here. They don't understand, if this is the Son of God, why he would come and forgive the lowliest, the the sinners. And yet we know that Jesus is is called the friend of sinners. So here, once again, we see that those who have lived a a life where they know they they need forgiveness, uh, Jesus is quick to forgive, and he welcomes them into his kingdom. But those who feel like they've already, they're already good enough have missed the point. Really, no one is good enough to deserve heaven. All right, some conclusions from today's lesson. We see that none of these people deserved the grace, the forgiveness that Jesus offered. None of them, they're all examples of people whose uh, lives did not reflect spirituality in any way. And those who, the the shepherd that went after the lost sheep and the woman that was looking for her lost coin and the father that was so glad to have back his lost son, this is, these are pictures of Jesus coming and looking for you, looking for the one who strayed and bring them back and, and uh, finding the one who was lost. So no matter how far we have wandered from God, he will always 
welcome us back home. Each time a sinner repents, all of heaven is throwing a big party about it. And though we don't deserve God's forgiveness, He showers it on us. His grace and mercy is uh, readily available if we will acknowledge our sin and seek His forgiveness. Now, we may very well revisit some of these passages later on in a, in a different context, but in this context, it's important to note that Jesus is not telling the people, okay, you need to be better, you need to um, change how you are first, and then you can follow me. He's basically saying, just come, and I'll take care of the rest. I know you don't deserve any of this grace, but I freely give it to you. And that's just something the Pharisees had a hard time accepting. They really believed that Jesus was forgiving sinners and allowing sin to multiply. And of course he's not. You know, he says to the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. It's not that God intended for us to live sinful lives, but it's what happens in this world. And because Jesus came and offered his life for our sin as a sacrifice, as payment for uh, to justify us, then we can live as if there's never been any sin at all. So that's the hope for this week. And I just hope that you can find the peace within that God gives because it's free. It, you have to do nothing but believe in Jesus Christ. Okay, friends, I hope that you are staying up with our lessons and reading the passages for next week. Let me see, what do we have here? Next week, we are going to be covering self-righteousness. So the Pharisees, who are all up in arms over what Jesus is doing, next week we will look at what's happening with them and how, who thinks, you know, why they think they're so righteous and why they think that Jesus is such a sinner because he's hanging out with sinners. All right, so there's several parables. One is about two sons. That's in Matthew 21. Uh, the wicked vine dresser, which we'll talk about, that's in that passage, as well as Mark 12, 1 through 12. And then Luke 20, 9 through 19, we will talk about faithfulness. And then in Luke 10, 25 through 37, we'll talk about the Good Samaritan. Some of these passages may be familiar, you may have read them before, or they may be brand new, or you just didn't understand the story. You've heard the term, the Good Samaritan, but you didn't really get what that was all about. And so next week, we're going to talk about what Jesus was trying to portray and how people think that they're good enough, but they aren't. All right. Thanks for sticking with us, and I will see you next time. Be blessed. Be blessed.